Big Mike. Assalamu alaikum Alhamdulillah. Every time I hear you uh, talking, mashallah, I can tell that you have been around a lot of people from Sham. Syrians mostly or Lebanese or what? Lebanese. Okay, khayi, mashallah. And I went to Lebanon more than 10 times. You went to Lebanon more than 10 times? Yes, yes. It's an interesting story, actually. So I don't mind talking about it a little bit. We we can definitely uh, get into that. Bidnillah, bidnillah, Rabbil Alameen. Yeah, but they know so, me around. They know me around Tarizdi there. You know what I mean? Okay, okay, mashallah. Allah Mubarak. Mashallah. So we're gonna. Um, dive into the interview. I'm not sure this is the right uh, way of doing it. I, I see your your screen very small. I don't know how. I think I think there's to a make your screen bigger. I think there's a way for us to co-host. Um, yeah, can we do that? Can you try to can you check the settings and see if you can invite me to the co-host or? So I'm looking at the uh, settings. I think you can invite I me am... to co-host. Let me see. I've already invited you. You're already in. Yeah, only go down and then maybe you can invite me as the co-host. I think there's a way to do it. Okay, so I hit invite again. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, I think oh, here we go. Here we go. Yes. I see you on the bottom. So let me go ahead and get down and re-invite me. Okay, go ahead. Work? You know what? Uh, I'm still, I'm still little, but I don't know if it's a problem for your viewers. You're still little. You're too big to be little, man. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like calling me Big Mike. Man. I didn't get that name for no reason. You're that Big Mike, brother. You can ask the question that you need to ask. If I um, see that it's uh, something that we can answer, definitely answer it. I'm just trying to figure out this this co-host thing. I think I dropped the brother. Oh, you know what, Big Mike? I think you have to be live right now. I hope you can hear me. I'm going to send you a message. There. Yeah. I got to do it for You have to be live. Yeah, I have to be live too. I figured it. Okay, okay. MashaAllah. That's what's up. Alhamdulillah. 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 So you, you're writing uh, calligraphy behind you or? That's, that's, um, that's uh, I got that um, little uh, office decor I got from Teddy's DJ. Okay, mashallah, mashallah, about So let's uh, get get right into business, bro. First of all, uh, I want to thank you for accepting the invite and coming through. Zakallah khair. It's a pleasure. I'd love to um, pull up. I heard you. I looked and you said you have a radio station up in Detroit, right? Yeah, I was doing it for a little while, then uh, no one was backing it much. So I had to shut it down, and then 
I just continued the uh, journey on social media. Alhamdulillah. But I, I have a feeling that inshallah one day we're going to be able to bring it back up inshallah. That'd be a good thing. I mean, a lot of communities in this country have been able to build up and, you know, have public, you know, you know, media, their own media. And I think that's an important step for us. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, Yusuf Estes has done a great job, mashallah, in building a multi-community um, presence with his radio station. Uh, he... He's, he's, mashallah, he's done a great job. Hafizahullah. I mean, I mean. So you're from down south, I'm guessing, or originally? Yep. Texas adjacent. Yeah, I'm from uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Okay. Mashallah, mashallah. You've been a Muslim, mashallah, for 10 years, huh? If, if Allah lets me live to see it, this will be my 10th Ramadan. I became Muslim at the end of Ramadan, in the last 10 days Allah, of Ramadan. Allah. So this will be my 10th Ramadan if Allah lets me see it. MashaAllah, MashaAllah. May Allah bless you, man, and give you the power and energy to actually live it. All of us. Allahumma ameen. This is amazing. This is amazing. That, that said, and I don't want to detract from the conversation early on, people always ask me how long I've been Muslim, and that's what I tell them. I mean, it will be my 10th Ramadan, inshallah. But, you know, as someone who lived through you know, lived a life of kufr and shirk, you know, and we'll get into it more later, but as someone who lived that life, among the people that Allah says, Khatam Allah wa'ala qudubihim wa'ala sami'im wa'ala rasalim b'sha'wa, like, I think every day, am I still a Muslim right now? I think about it as an act of fi'l, like something that I have to think about 24-7, submitting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in a linguistic sense, almost 10 years, but in a in a self sense, I always think, am I Muslim this second right now? Am I submitting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Yeah, am I am I fully submitted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Absolutely. Yeah. Every That's second, every day. Yeah. I think about it all the time. SubhanAllah. That's an amazing question to ask uh yourself. Uh, all of us we need to be asking ourselves this honestly. Whether you're born Muslim or you come to Islam uh from a previous uh religion. Um, we have to ask ourselves because sometimes we think that we are Muslims. We're living a routine more than Islam. It feels like what we're doing is a routine. If we don't renew our intentions daily, then we are not really um, living that the Islamic life that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala wants uh, wants from us. No. So that's a, that's a great uh, you know way to think about it, Barakallahu and we all and we all disobey Allah all the time. It's just a matter of trying your best to stay on that path, inshallah. Absolutely. I don't mean to detract from the conversation, but I always like to make that point. That's a great point to make, bro. Jazakallah khair. And yeah. something to keep reminding ourselves, because we can never remind ourselves enough. That's what it is. We have to always remind ourselves, and that's why you know the people of knowledge say we have to always continue learning and listening to different lectures and more information because repetition will get you to really understand and acknowledge a lot of the things that um that you're learning otherwise if you don't just keep repeating it and reminding yourself with it then you might forget you know that's allah that's allah and 
you know, forgetting and being forgetful. Allahumma amin. Barakallahu man. So, so let's go back to uh, the the recent uh, time. I know this time of the year is not the easiest time on uh, uh, brothers who reverted to Islam. The time of December, let's say. How was your time these past couple of weeks? Alhamdulillah, making it through it best I can. Yeah. You know, I um, my heritage, I guess my family heritage is Scandinavian, just a couple generations back. On my mom's side, my dad's side, sort of a hodgepodge of people that have been here for a long time. You're uh -huh. mixed, mixed Europeans, but my mother's grandparents immigrated from from Norway and Sweden. Okay. Um, and so they they you know they were a really tight knit farming family up from South Dakota. You know they were all together. I mean, they were, my mom has like 60, 70 cousins, and I'm serious because back then they had kids. They didn't call awesome. them kids. They, they called them farm hands. Like they were uh -huh. extra help for the corn farm. So like a really tight knit, loving family, but also, you know, my generation spread out. I got siblings. I got two siblings on different coasts, you know, you know, they don't get together a lot. So these holidays can be tough because it can be the only time you see your family and you love them mm -hmm. and you want to see them. And the, one of the worst fears in my, one of the worst fears in my life is to break my mother's heart. So Tiptoeing yeah. around these holidays is a really big challenge for me. Absolutely. So you, but you do get with them every every uh, once a year around this time, right? Well, I live pretty close. I'm one of the few siblings. I live close to my parents, so I okay. see I see my parents at least once a week. Um, I live about an hour away, but I, I have an office that's close to them. I go into. I work at home and from an office about once a week. I go see them when I go into the office, do their IT work, check on their computers, check up on them. I always make sure to do that. See them at least once a week. And, um, awesome. and then around these holidays, you know, it was a, it was a gradual process. I didn't immediately stop going to these holidays. It took a long time and a lot of explaining. And, you know, I, you know, I went basically every other day. I went the two days before, took kiddos up, they played with the cousins. We got to see everybody. So I went to everything except that holiday and i just i um you got to see your family as much as possible but um you know after years of explaining after years of you know being gradual with them being kind to them and gracious to them you know alhamdulillah our relationship is wonderful wonderful alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. yeah the biggest priority for me is just making sure that you know we keep those family ties i since becoming muslim i always loved my parents um, but I've, you know, my appreciation and my love for my parents, you know, went, you know, went up tenfold just by being a Muslim. I, I, I love to be around them and spend time with them and do the best I can. It's just a tip. It's, you just got to tiptoe around it, basically. Do the best you can. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you recharge that, that relationship that you had with your family when you became Muslim, subhanAllah. Yeah. And, and then an appreciation um, that came up, huh? Yeah, yeah, I regret many things I did as a teenager and, you know, a teenager and, you know, even, you know, before, you know the little time that I was in, I became Muslim when I was 20, but even just a little time there, like the rebellious nature. Yeah. When I, um, when I uh, yeah, it was, I regret a lot of the things I did as a youth because my parents just did everything for me and I was just, um, I didn't treat them in the way I should.
a lot. But, I mean, a lot of teenagers do the same thing. Alhamdulillah, we grow up, we find our mistakes. But uh, Alhamdulillah, you had you had a chance to make make up for the mistakes that you uh, you've done. Alhamdulillah, I try try the best I can every day. Alhamdulillah, that's amazing, bro. Allah mubarak. So that that was um, you you became a Muslim ten years ago, uh, almost ten years ago, twenty twelve. It would have been so. I'm I'm talking ten in Hijri. So it was like August of 2013 in, okay. in, but like, you know, Ramadan was then. So like in Hijri, that's why I said, we my 10th Ramadan coming up. So it'll be. That's good. That's a good way to calculate yeah. mashallah. Yeah, it was good. Cause I was like, it was in a, I think it was on, they said it was the 27th. So like it, it's a really easy way to calculate just by my Ramadan. Yeah. That's amazing. That's good. That's that's amazing, Mashallah. Great time to uh, to have started. So, yeah, were you were you around a lot of uh, Muslims at the time, or was it something that triggered in your head that you wanted to find something new? I wasn't around a lot of Muslims, and um, I don't know how far back you want to go in the story. Um, yeah, I mean, how far back do you want? To I, I want to go back to the initial. Um, you know, the initial light that started lighting up that you that got you to become interested in the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It really takes context. So you gotta go you gotta go, you know, Allah really took me on a journey. So you gotta go like from the time I was a little kid into the, there's like three zones in my life. So you go back to when I was a little kid, going to church with mom. You know, loving it, enjoying every moment of it. And my brother was like a lay minister. He used to help out with the church services, and I wanted to do that too. So I joined up with the Bible oh. class. And, and that was back in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah, all this is in Oklahoma. Much. All yeah. Okay. Excuse the background noise. Can you still hear me? I can. Yeah. So, yeah. But, you know, when I was a little kid, things started creeping up in my head that didn't make sense about the religion their religion my dad's kind of an agnostic deist philosopher type so he doesn't believe in religion either so the culture of my house has always been secular but you know things started creeping up in christianity even as a very you know as a, as a boy that shook my faith in it and i lost faith in it pretty quickly um you know i um, joined this bible class um and i started you know i would you know, do confirmation as they call it, and I would question certain certain doctrines that didn't really sit well with me. You know, you'd see the people going to church on Sunday that would clearly be probably still drunk from the night before, and the, the <laughs> church the, the church doctrines basically. You know, I had this innate sense of justice as a kid. Like I, I didn't understand. It never sat well with me that like people can do whatever they want, and then just be some. You know. Um, yeah, passed away, and then like they just get a free pass. What, so, was that the know. first thing that 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 didn't sit well with you? What was the first thing that really got you to like hold on? What? Why did this happen? What was this about? No, oh, that's the first thing. Like that. Like that's the, the first thing. When I was a little kid, not even say it's just the hypocrisy behind it. Like I was just sitting here thinking like. And then I was in that confirmation class thinking, like, you know, I'd see these people do all these things and all they got to do is believe and they're going to be fine. I was thinking, well, if they do a lot of bad stuff, they deserve to be punished for it. 
right? Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking, even as a little kid. And I was, I, I remember I asked the, the confirmation teacher, okay, so tell me. I was, I mean, this is a little boy talking. I was like, okay, so let's say this guy who's a Christian, who's a believer in Christianity, believes Jesus and stuff. He kills some five-year-old girl in India who doesn't believe. Now, is he going to heaven? Is she going to hell? And he said, uh-huh. yeah. And she said, yeah. Probably. Wow. Like she, she didn't. She she said it with a lot of hesitancy. She didn't want to give the answer. I, she didn't think I was going to put her in that box, but she uh-huh. did. She had to say yes. We went to this movie about, and then you know, so that you know began to stir up the doubts and my disinterest. We went to a movie about Martin Luther, the founder of Lutheranism, which is my mom's church, and it's all about. The hypocrisy of the Catholic Church, um, forcing people to pay all this money and the way they they put in things from the Bible and took things out at their discretion. And everybody comes out of that movie feeling like, man, Catholics are X, Y, and Z. And so glad we're Luther. I'm thinking, well, this kind of speaks to the whole foundation of our faith, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, isn't it all kind of weak? And from there, I mean, I had to, I did the math. I looked at when the movie came out, I was like 10. You know, it was an unraveling where, you know, pretty quickly, 11, 12, I mean, I was pretty comfortably an, an agnostic and raveled into, you know, slowly as I looked into other religions and similar religions and saw, oh, these things are pretty similar. They're all kind of just fictitious. I did a spiral into atheism for a long time. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah, like, and that's that's a that's a move that a lot of Christians do before they come into Islam sometimes, where yeah. they go into um, like Kalas, I don't believe in any God. Yeah. And then they start the, the curiosity keeps going where you just keep searching yeah. until you come to the point where like you know what I found it. Yeah. Um, yeah, like a lot has to wipe your slate clean sometimes in order to like you know get you get yes. you going in the right direction. I I grew a lot of animosity for religion over the years, but like I really grew to disdain disdain it. I didn't like it. I was hostile, um, and um, yeah, over the years it just got to that point. And I, at that point, I I donned a pagan amulet from my ancestors. That actually, if you look at my profile picture, it shows a character breaking that same amulet that I threw away when I became Muslim. Uh-huh. This is a symbol of my defiance, I suppose. So, how? Um, okay. Yeah, so over the years, angsty teenager, um, the first time I opened the Quran was a joke in a bookstore. I opened it up as a joke. I opened it up to Surah Al Kafilon, And I was like, oh, well, I guess Muslims are all right. I grew up in a town with no Muslims in it, but I was, you know, from there, I, you know, basically used that eye when people would talk bad about Muslims. I'd say, well, they're not all bad. I mean, they have this principle where, you know, basically leave, you know, if you're, you know, we'll leave you alone, you'll leave us alone. And uh, that was it for a couple of years. Um, I guess the passing of a dear family member made me question my whole idea of, you know, are we really not going anywhere? I was a trouble, troublesome for my heart, and at the same time, I went to college, and I, I, um, I encountered my first Muslims. There weren't uh-huh. many of them at my college, but I. What joined, college did I went to? 
What was that? What college you went to? I went to a very small liberal arts college in Iowa. Probably not. Uh, Iowa. Iowa. Okay. Iowa, <laughs> Iowa. Iowa, Iowa. <laughs> Iowa, Iowa. Yeah, I um I encountered my first Muslims there. Um interestingly enough, the gentleman um the gentleman um that eventually was the one who led me to take my shahada originally treated me with a little bit of hostility because we were both in the same like orientation group uh-huh. we both we both got invited by this evangelical to a like a welcome party we didn't know they just said come get some free pizza or whatever like a campfire <laughs> That's so awesome. down. <laughs> yeah yeah we didn't know what they were doing so we both showed up to this thing i'm a boy scout like i was an eagle scout so like i was i uh-huh. was just i pretty much got and put in charge of the fire because it's like something I'm good at. So he thought okay. I was like in, he thought I was like in on it and trying <laughs> to evangelize and stuff. So he treated me with a little bit of um, skepticism at first, but uh-huh. I ended I ended up joining up this joining this Arabic class just because I thought Arabic sounded cool from some Palestinian rap that I'd heard. Uh-huh. Um, Fail like I dropped out in a week. It was it was bad, but you know. <laughs> I end up sitting across from these two guys, one guy from Qatar, Ahmed, and one guy from Indonesia, went by Amin. And I was like, man, I'm wrecked. These guys know what they're doing. I'm done. But I uh, I got to know them, you know, trying, they're, they're trying to get me through the class. Um, the Indonesian brother had organized an MSA where they were trying to, you know, they teach people about the pillars and stuff. But literally, like, these were, there were five Muslims on the campus, and pretty much just the Indonesian brother took it seriously. Uh-huh. But it was his sincerity in his practice that, like, the same time when I said as a kid, I saw these people that were basically hypocrites to me. I mean, he wasn't scared. He was the type of guy who wore a kufi every day, and he prayed on the hill. Christians would come try to get him to stop, and he would just, like, he was very, very firm about his beliefs. It was the first time I saw real sincerity in a religion. Um, of course, in the course of that, class i tried to listen as much arabic as possible again lasted about a week and a half before i dropped out because we were on this it's a long story but it was a tough program um i ended up listening to some different arabic so i listened to nasheed by michelle fazi that's the first time i heard that sentence and i know my like just hearing that like just did something to your heart to my heart you know it was like it was stirring um, but it wasn't that easy. It wasn't that easy. I spent more time with these brothers. I learned more about Islam. I learned a lot about Islam. I studied it a lot for a long time. And it was just a battle with myself. Like, it took a couple of years for me to finally give in and take my shahada. That brother left the school, and I went to go visit him in his home. He lives in Houston. Mm-hmm. And I rolled up with the brothers at the masjid. I mean, it had been a couple of years since I'd met him. Like, it was... A long time, a long battle, and they were in a Tajweed circle, you know, doing their Quran, and I was just like, man, I guess, you know, like, I'm, who am I kidding? Like, I'm, I've been Muslim for a long time. Might as well just do this thing. That's right. Subhanallah. Akbar. By the way, there's a lot of uh, message, messages or in the chat box when people are asking to... Uh, the, to answer some questions, but we will answer the questions after we finish the interview, inshallah. Um, by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, so, 
There's more details, so you, but that's kind of like the short version, I guess. That's the short version. Obviously, we can't, you know, stay for hours trying to uh, get to this. Inshallah, we will. Uh, you know, bits and pieces here and there every once in a while. Get together and do some um, maybe discussions and stuff like that. So you uh, uh, did the Shahada, Alhamdulillah, in Ramadan, the 27th. You know, maybe it was like the Qadr, Allahu Alam. How was that feeling? How was the, the, the injection of that, you know, in the heart? Incredible. Incredible. Overwhelmingly terrifying ahead of it. And then just a flood of incredible. It was amazing. You know, I was scared and then it all went away. Allahu Akbar. And the, and the beautiful feeling when you found out that all the bad sins that you had in your life turn into good deeds for you. And then the terrible feeling of incurring them again. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the fear that we uh, that's the fear that we don't look at much um, while we're um, busy in this dunya. Yeah. We don't look at it much. SubhanAllah. We get a clean slate because we have a lot of mistakes in the beginning. Yeah. Actually, yeah, you, you you get a clean slate, mashallah. Along because, because, you know, it's a bumpy road. Becoming a Muslim is a bumpy road. Like learning to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a bumpy, bumpy, tough road, you know? Especially for someone who's, you know, like I said, I didn't care about religion. I was just, you know, the ultimate rebel. Like I didn't. You know, it was a, it was a bumpy road for sure. So one of the um, messages that the brother sent in the chat box, he said there's an American girl who wants to know about Islam. She's interested in becoming a Muslim. What would be a couple of words of advice that you would have for her? If you're really interested in it, if you're, if you think it's the truth, go for it. Like, I was holding myself back for a long time because I thought I wasn't clean enough. Thought I wasn't good enough. I was doing this. I was doing that. Couldn't live up to the rules, etc. But like, in the end, like no one's perfect. Like you're gonna, you're gonna, you should, you should. If you if you're serious about it, if you're convinced by it, you should take the plunge, say your shahada, and learn everything after that. Like it's better that you, you know, become a Muslim. And continue doing whatever you're doing now. If you have issues, then to not become Muslim. Absolutely. <clears throat> and another thing that I wanted to also remind her or anybody else who is uh, thinking about Islam or thinking about finding the truth, Alhamdulillah, Islam is the truth. Know that death has no time or date, so we can go any time, really. Would you rather go and meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, hesitant to accept his religion or would you rather meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepting his religion and being on, on his deen, even if you haven't done anything yet? Just accepted Islam, passed away just like the, some of the Sahaba did and they're in Jannah. May Allah give us all Jannah, Allahumma ameen. That's something that I like to remind a lot of brothers and sisters who uh, might be interested or thinking about this. Uh, another one of those, and that will show up in a second. Heaven along with Allah's mercy. 
Some brothers are saying salam alaikum and they love it that you're from Lebanon or that you are familiar with Lebanon and and they uh, that you have that relationship. So tell us that that story that you wanted to tell us about Lebanon or some of the stories that you wanted to tell us about Lebanon. Yeah, I mean, won't get it. And the brother got something new. Sorry, can you hear? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so, yeah, so um, it was interesting. I mean, won't get into all the details of how, but but I was, you know, going to get um, going to get hitched, and um, I have a local chef that was uh, involved with. You know, he was from. He got his education there, so he went with me to help it go smoothly. But the process when I got there was really interesting. I mean, um, as a as a foreigner coming in, you know, they want to protect their daughters and everything. So I had to go through a lot. I had to go through a lot of uh, an interview process. Interviews, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I rolled up to I rolled up I rolled up to Donald Fatwa in a sweater and a tie and a bow tie. Oh, that for. Uh, yeah, I had to be tested on my Islam before they would uh, approve of it. Okay. How, how did you meet these people, by the way? If, if you don't mind me asking, what, were they from your community where you were at at the time? or? Um, they knew people that knew my people in my community. Okay. My people knew that. They're their people, huh? <laughs> yeah, they knew their people. And I had gone kind of on an adventure and met you know, met the person, like, I just wanted to go to the new, you know, Arab country and see it. I had met the person there, supervised, and he said, you know, you know, we got good, you know, there's good feelings here, let's, let's get it done, so. Not bad. You know, talk to the, talk to the Baba, and got it, talk to Amu, and got it done. Got it done. The interesting process was the court, having to go to the court, and having to interview and prove that I'm a Muslim, like, there were a lot of challenges that, you know, interestingly enough, gave me some perspective, you know, as someone who's grown up as a native in this country, uh -huh. I get to see, I get to see the other side of the coin when I'm a, you know, a foreigner that gets treated with some skepticism. Yeah, for sure. Did you go other places other than Lebanon while you were in the area? I've been around a little bit. Did you go like to Palestine, Jerusalem? I haven't been there yet. No, that's my that's my uh, my hometown. I've I've looked at I've looked at it from the hill in Jordan. Um, okay, I was born in Jordan. So, oh, man, nice country, nice country. Yeah, my my pops, may Allah have mercy on him. He's from Bethlehem, the the town of uh, Isa alayhisalam, Jesus. Yes. And my mom, may Allah want to have mercy on her. She's from Jerusalem. I go there every once in a while. From the, uh, it's in it's in the plans. Y'all ever make it happen. The travel is um, we got to plan it far ahead of time. Of course, you know Turkey, Jordan, Qatar, Emirates, been around a little bit. Yeah, I'm the uh, amazing. Thank you so much, man, for your time. I know you're probably busy. You want to get back to work, or how, how's your time like? I got a little bit of time. I've got a little bit if you'd like to spend a few more minutes. Yeah, I'd love to, man. Um, I want to read up a little bit of the 
uh, messages that people are sending. There's some people from Saudi with us. Some people saying, I love Jesus. Some people saying, thank you for being with us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, they say, Allah yisadak. You know what that means, right? May Allah make you happy. Uh, there are some, Alhamdulillah. It's, uh, where is that? Okay, man, so good, okay. Yeah, so now as, as, a, as a Muslim, right now you are, I understand that you are given khutbahs. Are you an imam or are you just doing this, uh, you know, for the message of the volunteer? Yeah, they just have people rotate. Um, I'm involved with the prison ministry here where we help Muslims. So I got my training to give khutbahs last year from a couple of shiul here. So inshallah. I just, I just, I'm on the rotation at a masjid here now. Okay, inshallah. And, and I've seen or I've heard some of your um, khutbahs, mashallah, uh, pretty uh, nice. You you have that, um, the facial um, uh, characteristics of the Prophet sallallahu when he used to give khutbah, um, it is mentioned that his face becomes red while he's giving the khutbah. As if he is warning a uh, a jaysh, a an army, you know, telling people about Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So we have that feature features in your in your face, mashallah, and that Allah mubarak. Well, I hope I pray, that I pray that it's beneficial. I always well, start I always start every khutbah with a problem that I'm having or think an issue that I'm coping with. Yeah. And I know that it's probably something other people are coping with, and I try to, I try to take some some fitna that I'm dealing with or some issue that I'm trying to work through, and translate that for the people to try to make it beneficial. So, mm -hmm. you know, like like that one that you know you saw about that holiday or whatever. Like this is a yeah. big, big issue in my life. So big issue. Yeah, it's a big issue in my life. You know, anytime like so people always say I'm talking to me before I'm talking to you, I try to take that to heart. Allah Akbar. Um, by the way, uh, a brother uh, who is uh, who is now a Muslim, mashallah, here here in the area, he became a Muslim uh, maybe four and a half years ago. He's he, in his sixties. May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala bless him. His wife, though, did not accept Islam. One of the comments that he left he left me on, on that duet that I did with you was. What do you do if your wife is celebrating Christmas in your own house and you can't make her not celebrate Christmas? What do you do? I said, I asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make you stronger. I honestly don't know. Yeah, I mean, you said he became Muslim, but she didn't. Yeah, and they're old. They're like, they're older. They're in their 60s, you know? I mean, that's that's one of those things you got to consult with a local sheikh about, like, to look at the Muslim Muslim, like I, I said in a video in the past, like you're not going to become Muslim on December 24th and start burning stuff down and like telling people, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, like exactly, yeah, you have to, you know, when when you give it the khutbahs on the minbar that you're given, you're giving them the firm truth, but then people's individual situations may vary a little bit. Like it wasn't easy for me to cut my parents off. I cut that holiday. I still went for a long time. It was hard. Like, you can't, yeah, individuals have to take things one step at a time. I, I really don't know what I'd do in that situation. You know? mm -hmm. 
I wouldn't have the strength as a non-Muslim to be able to do that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even know what to think because I've never been in, the, in those shoes. Yeah, and exactly. it's very tough. I, I can understand. And and, and him being a, a Muslim only for four years or five years of his, let's say, 65 years, that's a, that's a big that's a big thing to leave behind. You know what I mean? May Allah make him stronger. That's the best thing I can say. And may Allah SWT guide his wife to Islam and the rest of his family. Allahumma ameen. You got, I mean, a sheikh would have to look at the maslaha and mafsal of that. Like, Absolutely. I know, I know somebody, a good friend of mine from one of the Khadiji countries. His dad has an American wife. His mom's American. You know, um, he basically grew up in a house where you know, his dad was working a lot. So he went to an English-speaking school. His mom's not an Arab speaker. His mom's not a Muslim, even. She's Christian. They have you know, Christmas trees in the house. I mean, he grew up not really knowing how to pray. He doesn't speak he's He's from the country. He doesn't speak Arabic. They still have Christmas in the house. Like, there's no real, there's no real Dorori situation there where he has to keep having Christmas in his house, keep all this stuff going, right? Uh -huh. Like, if you're a new Muslim who just gets married, just, you know, been old your whole life and just suddenly become Muslim, like, you know, it might take a little bit more time, but you certainly shouldn't enable it for too long. Mm. You know? Yeah. Like, um, by the way, some, some of the brothers were asking real quick about the khutbas. Where do do they find your khutbas? I'm guessing they will be on your YouTube channel. I, I haven't uploaded any of them to YouTube or anything. I was thinking about trying to do it. I, I've i been going live on TikTok. Just, I set the phone on the minbar and I'll turn it on live. I don't like mess with the camera angles. I don't want the people in the audience to see the phone because I want them to know that I'm engaging with them. I don't want it to be a distraction. So I don't really set up for the good you know, camera and audio or anything, you can hear my hand banging down on the memoir. If people think it would be beneficial, I could try to upload it. Uh, I think it would be beneficial. Brothers are asking. Yeah, um, I'll, see if I, I'll see if I can do that. Charlotte, I think it would be very beneficial. At least clips of it, maybe, just like you you did in a, in a couple of videos that you currently have. Yeah. Um, I think it would be very beneficial. One of the brothers is asking, when did you convert? I think you, you said back in 2013, right? Yeah. Okay. Inshallah. Yeah. And just on that point of like taking it easy, like nobody yeah. comes out, no one comes out of the gate being pie and serious. It took years and years and years to like figure out, you know, find your sea legs, as they say. Like, and I came out to cut, you know. The city that I moved to in Oklahoma, you know, the city I moved to is very, you know, kind of what I'd say weaker. A lot of high income business people that want to be involved in politics and want to be involved in this and want to be liked and want to be loved and all this stuff. And it's a very, you know, compromising environment, you know, uh -huh. sort of sort of like the, you know, shave your beard and go on the news and say, you know, you know, look at. You know, look at how great we are. Look at how great we are. Like, like, in a way that compromises our religion. And I saw, as I was involved with these organizations that get into that sort of stuff, I could just see around me the youth being confused. You know, they go to these interfaith events where everyone's kind of holding hands and praying and saying kumbaya. And you almost start to think like, you know, when you see these imams joining hands with these people, like, what's the point of being Muslim even? Like, why are why are we different? Everybody's okay. Why are we different? And 
I can exactly. see the youth. I can see the youth being corrupted, and that's that's when I started taking a different direction. I started looking at the things in the religion that I'd been avoiding for a long time and trying to figure out the wisdom behind them. And that's when I started taking things more seriously. But no one's going to be like doing a good job out the cut. Like they got to give themselves some time. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, the Prophet ﷺ, when he started his da'wah to the people around him, his, his main objective in the beginning was making people understand the aqidah, the oneness of Allah SWT. Basically, it took him about 10 years before he started going into different things. You don't become a, a perfect Muslim ever. Uh, but you can try to become as close to a perfect Muslim as possible. Nobody is going to be walking around like an angel because Allah SWT didn't send us here as angels. He sent us here as like, like you know, Muslims, humans who will make mistakes, who get tested, who, you know, get into trials and all that stuff. You know what I mean? And that's basically what it is. for giving that, <clears throat> that feedback. Yeah, and as Ibn Qayyim said about the bird, said that, like, Hard on its way to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is like a bird where its head on its head is the love for Allah and on its wings are the fear and the hope, the fear and the wrath and the hope for the the mercy. But like at its head, you know, if its head gets cut off, the bird's just gonna die. Like if you um you can't love your Lord if you don't know who he is, and that's what I feel knowing who your mm -hmm. Lord is, knowing who you're worshiping. You know, you don't you don't just you know, doing something because you're afraid to do it is is good. It's fine, but you don't. You go above and beyond for someone you love and someone you appreciate. Like you do anything for them, you're afraid to disappoint them. So, you know, learning about your Lord, you know, learning who He is, learning to love Him and appreciate Him. Like that's that's the key there. I mean, that's the key. I don't, you know, I, it's it's not. It's kind of like growing up in a Swedish household. Guilt is a big thing. Like, you know, we don't have a lot of. We we didn't have a lot of grounding. We had a lot of. I'm disappointed in you. Like, I don't want to disappoint my lord. Absolutely. Also, know. knowing uh, the blessings that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has given us has put us through the nirma. The nirma makes you, uh, you know, just appreciate. That's what, why we always say Alhamdulillah, we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for everything. Because praising, it can never be enough to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the best thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would love is you worshiping Him correctly and giving Him that, you know, testimony correctly and living by it, which is La ma'buda bihaqqin illallah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No. So, real quick, there's a, an issue where there are brothers and sisters who become Muslim, accept the, the Islamic uh, belief and, and da'wah, and they start, the first day obviously everybody's loving them and hugging them and hey, alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar. But then next week, nobody's contacting them or nobody's calling them or nobody's checking up on them. Now, some of these brothers and sisters they fall back and they're like, man, nobody likes me, you know, uh, I'm not fitting in this, uh, in this um, community, this and that. What do you, what do you have to say to these brothers? And I know it's hard, it's not easy. You're leaving everybody behind you and you're coming into this religion. 
and then you don't find that many people, you know, taking you in, embracing you. Obviously, we we are at fault sometimes. But what do you tell these brothers and sisters who don't find this in their communities? It's a two-sided street. I mean, on one end, you know, you want people to be able to come out and hold your hand and give you a big hug, and they should. They should be. Our communities need to do better on you know, making people have situations where they can feel invited and included. And on the other hand, you know, I understand people have jobs, people have kids, they got to get home. Like, like people have lives, and it's tough. It's really tough. You know, after I became Muslim, like I moved to this community. Like I lived as a Muslim with no message, like the closest message was like 30, 40 minutes away for the first year. I moved to this uh-huh. community. The second I had a message close to my house, I lived there basically every day. I went from after work, I went until extra time and I spent time in the library afterwards. I did my homework there when I was in graduate school. Like I practically lived there like for the first six, seven months of living in this community. Like I was there every day past closing you know, spend time with, you know, and there's always somebody in that community, like, it's not going to be the people going out to the restaurant, but, you know, there's going to be the assistant imam that's staying late, like, having to take a nap before he goes on his Uber job. Uh There's going to be people that are sincere, that are there, that'll be your companion. Like, I would live live at the masjid as much as you can, go to the masjid as much as possible. You're going to find sincere people to spend time with and learn from, benefit from. Yeah, I went every day and I would do my homework and I would, the assistant email at the time barely spoke English, so we sort of did like, he helped me out with some stuff. I helped teach him some English stuff. We spent a lot of time together. And then eventually, you know, you start meeting people, but I, you know, I missed those days. Like where, you know, I met a group of people that took me to the cafe across the street and I kind of missed those days where I practically lived in the masjid and I was hanging out with the assistant imam. He was helping me. People, you know, if I'm making mistakes, people were helping me. That That's where you're going to find your community. And it may not be the math people. It may not be everybody. But you're going to find a sincere person there. Just Absolutely. Yeah. And what books do you recommend for brothers and sisters who are or in, in the shoes where you were back in the day to get books? started reading? Right now, we have a lot more of websites and different you know, even though uh, we're not that far away from back when you became Muslim, but things evolved real quick with the internet and stuff like that. You know, hmm. everybody's got to everybody got to have Riyadh al-Talihin on their shelf. There's some good basic books of Sunnah that you know compilate all the ways you have to pray. Yeah, I, I, those are two couple of my good recommendations. Okay. Um, and like I mean, you just gotta, you know, spend as much time. You become must spend as much time in the message as you can. Mm-hmm. Learn from the people there. There's always an imam or an assistant imam who's ready and waiting for people who actually care about the religion to learn about it. Mashallah. Somebody in the community. Allah, man. Some of the brothers are asking. أخوي أبو يوسف هل تقرأ العربية بطلاقة؟ نعم نعم إن شاء الله أقرأ وأكتب منيح الله مبارك 
And another brother saying, I'm in VA, bro. If you come across, please stop by so we can get to know each other and meet Muslim brothers like yourself. I'm ever in the area. Inshallah, inshallah. And if anybody else has any questions, uh, we can take them now more. The Bitcoin is Huh? The Bitcoin is The Bitcoin is Inshallah. Still working on that pronunciation, huh? Makhariji al Haruf. Yeah, I'm going to drink my water. I'm going to drink my water. I'm going to drink my water. I'm going to drink my You'll be able to provide uh, the khutbas. Um, if anybody wants to get with the brother on uh, TikTok, Muslim Viking, the red bearded Viking, mashallah. You'll and find him, mashallah. And remember that logo. So that's the whole point of my channel. Yeah, I, I remember the logo of the brother. He's breaking the. He's breaking his idol there. That's what he's doing. Mashallah, mashallah. That's amazing, man. Alhamdulillah. And uh, your YouTube channel, I'm guessing, is the same. Yeah, I really, yeah, I really haven't uploaded hardly anything on there. I before I started doing TikTok, I didn't even use Facebook for like two years or anything. Like I'm uh, okay. I, I don't really like. I'm not a big social media guy. Someone convinced me to do this, although it was the last thing I wanted to do. I was, you know, this app for me is a big source of fashion. Uh -huh. for, for the Muslims, but he was like, well, kids are on there. You should get on there and try to talk some sense into them. Yeah, that's the reason why I wanted to get on uh, TikTok. I was on um, Facebook and YouTube for a very long time. Um, one of the brothers is saying, I guess he's from Medina, he's saying, and someone else saying come to Frankfurt inshallah when you get a chance <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, I believe it now, now. But I, I think, والله for a non-Arab, I think they they're more le uh, easy with with that with the number, the age. It's society, Best, it, it, either either way, if you have the time, uh, you can just go there and sit down in the different halakat of of Ahlul uh, over there. You know, there are many. Yeah, they have that. You know, that's always um, open. And they also give certificates from the masjid itself, other than the jamah. Jamah is amazing to go through, go through, alhamdulillah. That'll be a nice thing to do. That's an um, interesting point about certificates. Um, I warn, like, it's something to remember about everybody. When, you, uh, when you're learning about the deen, it's not about certificates. It's about protecting yourself. Absolutely. I know a Muslim that left the dean because he learned about some doubt that he'd never, he'd never uh, heard about before, and 
they came to him with this doubt, and he didn't know what to say, and it led him off the rails. And I said, I'm going to learn everything about that so they can't come at me. Ah, uh, <laughs> The brother's saying, inshallah, is going to search for you to see if there's a, a, an age limit. And uh, and he is, uh, the other brother saying, Lam Hope this is a beneficial one for you. If you want to ever do it on your other thing too, just let me know. Happy to do it. Yeah, I'd love to have you, man. We we need to get back and discuss uh, other things, inshallah, in the future. Um, even if you know we could get together with you and other brothers and and uh, people who are interested in discussing different matters um, in Islam and in, you know around the youth in the community, we we definitely need to. I I did uh, hear one of your um, our clips of your khutbah where you are saying please take your kids to Islam schools, which is very very important. I myself have an Islamic school, Alhamdulillah, here in Detroit, in Detroit, Michigan, and it just started this this year, 2022. And uh, the reason why I did it is because I felt the need to protect my kids from the other schools, and I feel like there is a big um, target, or, or, or you know, my our kids, Muslims, Muslims are being targeted with many, many different agendas. And one of them, obviously, is taking them out of the fold of Islam, taking that respect out of their heart, taking that, you know, love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of their heart and all that stuff. So uh, we started this school, alhamdulillah. It's it's a very small start, but, you know, slowly, inshallah, but surely, but I noticed that there, there is a, a need in this country right now to understand that we are being targeted, we have to protect our kids. Yeah, and you know, people talk a lot about talk a lot about this issue. They think it's about the throughout issues, about uh -huh. the family, the family lifestyle issues, the way people dress, the way the kids run around and they date and they do all these things, and they say, you know, they focus on the throughout issues. But honestly, I could care less, like about the I care about them, but my kid can do anything in the world, Dad. As long as he's still a Muslim, that's a victory for me. Absolutely. The public schools, it's not that they're dragging people into fascia, which anybody can be dragged into anywhere. It can happen. It's that they're dragging people into kufr. Absolutely. The ideology, basically, as long as you have the aqidah, the Prophet ﷺ told us that any person that has the aqidah, la ilaha illallah, will enter a jannah, inshallah. I mean... There might be some trials and, and, and tribulation in the way you might you might sin, but you're gonna come back and, and seek forgiveness if you know that Allah is all forgiving. Yeah. If you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is gonna take you to Jannah if you if you are uh, if you repent to him, then you will come back and repent. Yeah. And that's how it goes. Yeah. You're talking about giving wilaya to someone, you know, you wouldn't, you know, who would you let, you know, if you passed away, who would you let be a wali of your daughter in a marriage? Yeah. 
like, yeah, they may, you know, anybody that's not even perfect, that's a Muslim is better. Like, so why would I give reliance to the public school system for my kids? Exactly. Even if it's not a, even if it's not a perfect Islamic school, even <laughs> if it's got issues, even if the kids do X, Y, and Z, it's better than outside. Yeah, like like I'm saying, the worst, the worst Muslim is better in the ideology than the best kafir. Because that's a kafir still. The ideology is shirk against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The worst Muslim at least he has that that light in his in his heart somewhere where it will shine, inshallah. He'll come back around afterwards. But the kafir is just gonna be a kafir. He's not gonna believe in what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has. And in the in the modern world when people are working twenty four seven, the kids do a lot the schools do a lot of the tarbiya. So like you're not gonna give Rizaya of your children to go far. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Yeah, for being with us I really appreciate it and thank I uh, thank everybody who participated in uh, you know either messages or said salam to us yeah 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 inshallah we'll see you soon again and again Thank you everybody for being with us. Jazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.